1: Hey, how about you everybody? Welcome into the Monday edition of Inside the Twenty with myself and Keith Niebuhr. I'm your host, Jeffrey Lee, Senior, recruiting editor for Auburn Live on three. And I'm joined as always and by Mr. Keith Niebuhr. Keith, how you doing, big dog?
0: I'm doing good, brother. What's up, man?
1: Well, we've got a special guest today, but before we get to that, I want to say if anybody's looking for a new or used car, give Caleb Schofield a call, 334-5310-996. He's there with Mike Patton Auto in LaGrange, Georgia. He's got new, new Ford, Lincoln, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and even Honda's folks has a fantastic car. Even more diverse selection on the used car lot. All those used cars have to pass a multi-point inspection before they even consider selling them. And they back those used cars with a free three-month, 3,000-mile warranty. All the new cars come even more guaranteed with a free lifetime powertrain warranty, unlimited time, unlimited mileage. Big deal there, folks. And listen, if you're not in the market for a car, but you know somebody who is, Send them to Caleb Schofield. Caleb will send you three hundred bucks. It's a pretty good deal. Caleb Schofield with Mike Patton Auto in Lagrange, Georgia. There, off of Lafayette Parkway. Give Caleb a call. Good Auburn man, and take care of you've already taken care of Keith three three four five three one zero nine nine six. All right, Keith, a big day today for us, man. We've got a huge guest. We want to bring in our huge guest. All right, we are joined by Auburn University head football coach Hugh Freeze. Hugh, thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, Jeffrey. Thank you and Keith for having me, man.
1: Absolutely, man. We've been uh, been looking forward to this, and uh, we've been covering the recruiting. Some, some, uh, all the fans have been a lot to be excited about. Let's put it that way, man. You guys finished that 2023 class strong. You still may not be done with it, but Hugh, I wanted to take a look back at that 2023 class. You you had a couple of weeks um, before that December signing period. I think you ended in the top 20. Uh, pretty most networks had you you talk about that 2023 class, how you closed with it, and maybe some of those transfers, how you did in the transfer portal?
2: Well, you know, I I think only time tells how how well you can evaluate a class. But um, I do know to have only the two – I think we had two weeks, two and a half weeks before the early signing period, and really just two weeks on the road, truthfully – and two weekends, um, to, to have them to campus and to, you know, do what we did, uh, I think moved from somewhere in the fifties to somewhere in the top 20. Um, I think was was about as well as, as we could hope for, for the time frame that we had and coming off, you know, what is considered a disappointing season for all of the standards. And so I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm fairly pleased. And I think the high school part of it, um, the relationships that Zach and Cadillac and, uh, and truthfully C Rob and some of the others had, had done to, uh, to kind of hold Auburn in the game with them and paid great dividends there. And, you know, we were able to flip a few more kids that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Jake did a really nice job, and Bernardi and Kendall with uh, you know the Connor Lewis of the world, and the Clay Whedons, and I think the others were pretty solid. And then uh, the kid from uh, Texas um, Tech also that was committed there. Um, you know, I I think the high school kid has the high school class has a chance to be, um, you know, a solid class. That's fair. I will tell and in the transfer world, you know, that's that's pretty much all on the, the new collaborative staff to, to try to pull that together in the time we had. And I think we did OK. Uh, we definitely improved ourselves if, if for nothing else, just getting the roster um, numerically somewhat right in the O-line and D-line rooms. Um, you know, we would like to have had another receiver um so we'll stay in the market for that and um, maybe another linebacker um so we we may look at that in the in the second period also but and then maybe a quarterback you know it's just those are and 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 truthfully i say maybe because i don't until we get out here and have our 15 practices you know our receiving core may be a lot better than i know (laughs) because it wasn't a, a, a great sample size to to look at. Uh, same thing with quarterbacks. And so, and we're definitely looking for one more inside offensive lineman. We, we need more there to fill the uh, numerical numbers.
1: So that's, uh, I think I answered everything there. Only- yeah. Uh, I thought the transfer class was, uh, was very impressive. You filled so many needs, especially along the, both lines of scrimmage. Uh, you know, uh, Xavier Miller was another guy back in the, uh, he, he's a junior college, the number one junior college offensive lineman. I think he's listed as a tackle, but I think he could play in or out.
2: Yeah. Re- really excited. Listen, his body has already changed so much, um, in our uh, strength program. Uh, coach Dom's doing a nice job. We had a great, I'm, I'm really excited about our two team runs this week. And, um, and our coaches get a little more time with them in preparing for spring ball. But uh, his is a body that is noticeably different, and I think you're right. He can play both inside and out.
1: Was that, a, was that kind of a quality you were looking for in in linemen? At least uh seems to be a lot of these guys are versatile. They, you know, Clay Whedon could play inside or out. I know Tyler Johnson's probably more of a, of an outside guy. But you
2: said his name because while ago I felt guilty. I was like, oh, man, I'm old. <laughs> hey, it, Sometimes it, I, they run together, man. It happens to me too, because. I knew it was Johnson. I just didn't want to and I was struggling with that T word. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's still <laughs> – that's
1: Tyler. It's still early. You're still sipping on coffee. We'll allow it. Uh, no, I've been
2: up since four. I've already texted nice. every single recruit for the 24 class and <clears> uh, and set up uh, set up Zoom calls with most of them. Ooh.
1: well, let's talk about that 2024 class, Hugh. I've, I've talked to a couple of the recruits. You know, they tell me what you're telling them, which is how important this class could be for you. And moving forward, your your immediate success your, in, in the near future, how important is this 2024 class to you?
2: Well, I think it's the most important class that we'll have. I think most people, um, the expectations for Auburn, I I think most realistic people know the scenario that we have. Um, It's not a quick fix. Uh, Should there be improvement? Yes. Should there be more effort and um, more things to be excited about? Yes. But I'm a realist, too. We're not. You don't just work miracles in this league uh, just overnight. And so I think the momentum uh, for the program has begun. And I think the 24 class, we not only have to continue the momentum, but we've got to be one of the top uh, programs in the country in recruiting. And and I think that kind of sets the standard uh, for the future. And I really think the 24 and 25 class kind of uh, sets you up to where you can start having some of the success that, that others are having in this league. And then recruiting becomes a little easier. But we gotta, we got to really, really work hard at it right now.
1: Keith, you had some uh, – you've yeah. keep keep an eye on that quarterback position.
0: Yeah, Hugh, you mentioned, you know, when you talked about Hank Brown, your 2023 signee, you talked about some of the attributes you saw in him. But just in general, you can't give us names, obviously, but in general, when you're looking at quarterbacks and you're known, you, Ken Austin, uh, Philip Montgomery, you guys and Jesse Stone, you guys are known as being quarterback guys. So when you're evaluating quarterbacks, high school, transfers, junior college, whatever, and you've had so much success with these guys, what are three or four things that you personally are looking for in a guy?
2: Well, you know, again, I I, I think, and most coaches wouldn't say this to you, but I I, I think I just believe in being very real. And um, it kind of depends on the level you're coaching. So when I'm coaching at at Liberty or Arkansas State, uh, truthfully, um, I want The Malik Willis who uh, people would say, you know what, he hasn't – I don't know that he can be an accurate passer. I don't know that he can be inadequate at that or whatever. But at that level, you're you're not going to recruit one of the top players in the country at that position. And so, let me go find one that I think I can work with to uh, to be a not dynamic football player, like a Ryan Apple and I had Arkansas State or or you know Malik Willis or and and that doesn't mean they have to run, you know, but. It just, uh, I think in that scenario, you're willing maybe to look at some different attributes than at Auburn. At Auburn, there's no question in my mind, number one is accuracy. Number two is the ability to lead a football team and be the face, the representation of the the program. And uh, three would be arm strength and fourth, I would love for him to have some maneuverability, some escapability. Um, but at Auburn, you ought to be able to recruit one of the top ones in the country. And so it's not like at others. And I hope that makes sense. What I say, you know, but there ought to be a sample size of, of the kids at Auburn, where we, we, we have pretty good reason to believe that this guy is a, a very good passer also.
0: Uh, last thing for me, everybody knows you've been swamped since you got to Auburn. I think you were announced, uh, your hiring was announced November 28th. But during the offseason, you were able to sneak in around to golf. You've played Pebble. You told me you've played Augusta. We're still waiting for our invitations for you to take us. I, I don't
2: know. You know. That's that's an invitation that that I, I, I look forward to. Well,
0: but you mentioned that you recently you were down in South Florida and you got to play Grove 23. And for people that don't know, that's Michael Jordan's new course that he – was a part he owns it he runs it everything and uh and you got to play down there and you were in a group and he was there so just what was that experience like you're a big time golfer one handicap so just as a true golfing aficionado to play his course to be around michael jordan what was that like coach
2: uh, first uh i do not play like a one handicap any longer <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, i don't know it, it, uh, I'm, I'm way off on that. I'm, I'm playing. It, that is total fake news. Um, my handicap right now. So um, you're not. Get, I'm not getting to play as much here as, yeah. as I would like to. But man, it was an incredible day. Um, you know, I think it, people, most people that know me know I'm really good friends with Eric Church. He's uh, one of my dearest friends and uh love him he's he's just as real and and his wife catherine and he's one of the newest members there which is by invitation only so you know um eric was uh kind enough to take a group of us there and michael was there he played in front of us and um i mean he's just you know you're, you're meeting and uh, being around one of the greatest athletes of all time and um he swings the golf club effortlessly, but the place itself is uh, really incredible. Fastest carts you have ever seen. Okay. Um, I mean, they're like 25 miles an hour. You are rolling. <laughs> and uh, But, man, it was an incredible place, incredible experience, and uh, good to be around those guys. Uh, and then my, my, one of my dear friends, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., wins Daytona yesterday. Oh, which, wow. I just can't tell you how, how people really don't know how jacked I was for that, other than why yeah. she was watch, watching with me on the last few laps. And I just, uh, I know personally what all he's put into um, trying to accomplish something at the highest level of his sport. And it's tough, it's hard and there are many, many more, more disappointments than there is successes. And this is kind of, a, I, I'm going somewhere with this, I guess, yeah. with life and with football and with Auburn and, uh, but I'm really close to him and we talk a lot and man, it, there's a lot of down times in, uh, when you're trying to be in the top of the top, the elite of the elite. And I don't know that a lot of people understand that and they just judge you by what they see in the race on, on Sunday. And, and he didn't make the chase last year. And, you know, he's not competing in most races. He's a one car team that doesn't have the resources of the others. And so all of those things are just like football to me. And I think that's why we're so close. And, um, the one thing that equals it out for them sometimes is those restrictor plate races. And, uh, he has been excellent at those and just hadn't gotten a break and been caught up in those wrecks. And so for him to win that last night, and already know he's probably in the chase uh, and, and the money that comes with, with winning that uh, for he and his family and his crew, I just was so happy last night I couldn't sleep for him. I say all that to say the one equalizer in ours is recruiting. And so we've got to get after it.
0: You didn't tell us what you shot on Jordan's course.
2: I shot eighty one. Um, I do remember that. So eighty one. Okay, okay Dave, but uh, I'm not. I'm not a very good golfer right now.
1: Eighty one.
0: Oh, yeah, appreciate you taking the time to answer that one. there. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's that's my front nine. <laughs> no. Hey, Hugh, that's that's all we've got for you, man. Thank you so much for joining yeah, us man, this morning. God. We appreciate it. Looking forward to your first spring and uh, to see what all comes out of that. Thanks so
0: much for having me. Thanks. All right. Hugh Freeze, ladies and gentlemen. He's so calm. He's so calm and relaxed and just – he takes every – like you said, he said a lot of coaches probably wouldn't answer the question about the quarterbacks, Jeff. Yeah, I I thought that
1: was fantastic. Yeah,
0: great insight. How about – here are the things that stood out to me. That – well, I'll let you talk too, but up at four in the morning, he's already texted every big target in the 2024 class. He's setting up Zoom calls. You don't have to recruit 24/7. You just got to be really smart and diligent about it, and that's what he's doing. He's look, he look, he's got friends. He um, he's talking to different people. He's he's able to find that balance. Don't get me wrong. He's putting a lot of time into recruiting, though, and that and that you know that kind of uh, uh, that's some, you know that tells the story there. How early he was up, and that he's already getting after it. It's Very telling. The, it's a dead period only in the sense that he can't have kids on campus. But here you go. He's up at the crack of dawn already recruiting, and that's what it's going to take. He understands that, Jeff.
1: Uh, let me tell you, uh, he he still wants a wide receiver. Still yep. uh, wanted another one from the from the December period. Uh, missed out on a couple of guys. I think you heard a couple of those guys talk about the reason being is that they really didn't have a quarterback, a proven quarterback to throw them the football. Can't can't really blame the guys for that. Um, but uh, but linebacker. Need another linebacker. Needs another court, uh, interior offensive lineman. And then he he didn't say definitely on the quarterback, but I, I think I, I, listen, you got to be careful with your words there, right? If you're the coach, you, you haven't even seen these kids throw the football in a practice setting yet. You don't want to come out and say, "Yeah, we all we we know we need a quarterback." All right, we we're, we're definitely good. you want to you want to give these kids to Robbie Ashford, the Holden Gurners, hell even T.J. Finley's still in there, um, you know at least a little bit of confidence that they have a chance to win the starting position.
0: You know, here's another thing, Jeffrey, how about the crowd that he runs with <sighs> guy the Daytona 500 Eric church. So these are people, you know, if your coach knows people, they're probably going to stop by your campus at different times. And that just gives you more notoriety, more publicity, free publicity. I don't think that ever hurts either. I no. don't think that, but now he just he's just a laid back and chill guy. But don't be fooled. He's getting after it at five in the morning. And up at four in the morning, texting people, and you know, uh, you know, all morning. He's um, he's intense beneath that calmness, right? That's the way I describe it. As far as a head coach goes, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, I
1: don't think. I'm um, listen. I'm no knock on Gus or even Brian Harson for that matter, but sure. I don't think either one of those two guys. And I'd have to go back to Chiswick Now, I don't think Chiswick was doing that either. I think his assistant coaches may have been. Uh, but as far as a head coach recruiting, as diligently as um, as Hugh Freeze is, he, and as he said, he knows how important this 2024 class is.
0: Well, that's right. and And a lot of head coaches wait until down the line in the process to get involved with the recruit, right? And because they want to make like this grand entrance, so to speak, later on. And I think he realizes that's just not going to cut it right now. He needs to get involved with their main targets early. Let them know how important they are to Auburn. Let them know that they can turn the program around with him. Uh, And so when they say they're prioritizing someone, it's not just their assistant coaches and their behind the scenes and off field staffers who, by the way, are working their butts off too. But he's, when he, when they say that, it means he's also getting involved. He's going to get his, his hands in there and get, get in the action and, uh, I think that's what Auburn absolutely needed right now. I mean, look, he, he, like he said, miracles don't happen overnight, but the way to turn a program around is by doing it the way they've done it so far. I mean, these are the steps you've got to take. And so far, Jeffrey, you and I've been doing this a long time. We've covered recruiting for years and years and years, and we haven't seen too many missteps so far. We've, we've seen the exact opposite. In fact, there's a real clarity there and a real purpose. Um, and everybody seems to be pulling in the same direction. And uh, the results speak for themselves. Hey, hey,
1: listen, talk about results. We've already seen. Now, uh, and, and hell, credit goes to Hugh Freeze. Don't get me wrong, but we know Philip Montgomery played a big role in Walker yep. getting. I mean, you just beat out Clemson
0: yeah. for a
1: quarterback, Keith. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> I mean when's the last time we've seen that, seriously? Well,
0: again, when, when I started covering Auburn in 2013, you'd covered them for many years before that. But it, it was very standard for Auburn to beat the Alabamas and Georgias and Clemsons, actually beat Clemson into the ground for recruits. And then, you know, through the years, it just started getting harder and harder. And, and all of a sudden, you know, toward the end of Gus's tenure, uh, and, and, you know, obviously he had all the negative chatter the last three, four years that he had to battle, but – there just weren't many of those types of victories, right? Yeah. You know, there, there weren't. And and I think he'd probably be the first to admit that. It became more of a challenge. It, it wasn't so much an indictment against his recruiting abilities and his staff. It was more of just the overall situation. But uh, but it was a reality. And and now you're seeing, you know, again, a flip of Keldrick Falk from FSU. Yes. You know, that's a guy Auburn should get. He's right in their back. Right.
1: That's exactly right.
0: State of Alabama, a four-star defensive lineman. But that was the guy that we heard from multiple people. Was way up the board among all prospects nationally for Florida State. Then you flip Kay Lee, a four star corner from Ohio State. You flip Sylvester Smith, a four star defensive back from Tennessee. Now, Tennessee and Florida State until last year hadn't been much for years, but momentum is squarely on the sides of those two programs right now. And you just swipe the guy away from each of them. Uh, so, uh, you know, LSU, you, you flipped Duran Reed. Now, the previous staff was heavily involved in the battle sure. with that NIL, but you kept them. You could have easily lost them when you got to Auburn if you are freeze and you did. And there's a new momentum. We've heard multiple recruits say it, the staff feels it. There's an energy that's uh, significant and palpable that you saw at junior day when we were there all day, Jeffrey, we haven't seen that in years, that type of energy, that type of enthusiasm. And it's kind of permeating through the entire program and quite frankly, through the entire fan base and uh, anyone that might've had apprehension about uh, Auburn selecting Hugh Freeze a, a, among the Auburn fan base probably uh, that's probably withered away just in the last few months. When they, as you see, one success after the other roll in, and then obviously the coup de Grow Walker White, the four-star quarterback, uh, you know, picking Auburn over Clemson. Just again, they need more of that, though. They need yeah, more of that. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, right now, Jeffrey, you and I were, and I'm going on and on, and I'm sorry, but right now, you and I are like, "Holy cow!" In a year, we shouldn't be "Holy cow" anymore. Absolutely what it needs to be that's what it should be and that's what it is
1: yep uh to me the four schools if you're beating them you're doing something right that's Alabama that's Georgia that's Ohio State and that's Clemson uh those four schools uh historically at least for the past what maybe seven to eight years those guys have been in the top five pretty much every year in recruiting um you know top 10 at the absolute worst but those four to me Anytime Auburn goes up against those guys, and Ohio State comes down. They, yeah. they love hitting Florida, dude. They love well, eating up the Florida.
0: And, and, Jeffrey, let's point out that they're going all in on some Georgia commits over in the state of Georgia right now. Now, they might not. They oh, might Auburn not, is. Nike Carr is a four-star receiver. Landon Thomas, a four-star tight end. These guys are in South Georgia. Mike Bobo is the new OC in Georgia. That's Mike Bobo country. That's where he's from. He's had an unbelievable amount of success down there. But Auburn is letting Georgia know, hey. And Marcus uh, Riddick not just going to let we're not just going to roll over and let you take everybody okay we're going to get in there we're going to fight we're going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to see what happens and uh, Alabama too yeah i mean that's what you have to do you know you you um yeah i mean it's i i, I Perry Thompson's no
1: Perry Thompson. These are in-state guys. Alabama, Georgia. Demarcus yeah. Riddick, the in-state four-star linebacker from Chilton County, yeah, uh, committed to Georgia. Auburn had him on for a junior day. Going to put go all in on him. Perry Thompson, the wide receiver from Saraland, committed to Alabama. Going all in on that guy. He's already been up to uh, to Auburn for a visit. Both of those guys are going to return. Listen, it's never easy flipping an in-state kid from Alabama. We've yep. learned that every year.
0: Yeah. And, you know, Jeffrey, I, and I should point out, well, look, the last staff said they were going to do this and the staff before that said it's easier said than done. I mean, look, they all tried to go after these guys. But with Hugh Freeze in charge of the program, you actually now get the sense that it's possible. So how, you, how do you make that a reality? Well, if you're the head coach, you wake up at four in the morning like he does. He said you text all these guys all morning. Yep. You set up Zoom calls. You get your hands in there. You You, you, you get heavily involved. You sell the vision, you show improvement, you bring them to campus, you make them feel wanted, you make their families feel wanted, you show off the brand-new facility, which may be the nicest in college football. You make some incremental gains and hopefully some big gains. Uh, but like you said, miracles don't always happen overnight. Uh, but you show that vision, and then if they can see it maybe coming to fruition, and you can sell them on the idea that you know Alabama's here, Ohio State's here, Georgia's here, Clemson's here, maybe, 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 in five years, people will be saying, well, Auburn's up there too. Maybe Auburn could be – someone, Jeffrey, is going to be that next great program. You're right. Somebody yeah. – it's got to be somebody.
1: Is it going to be Tennessee? Could it be Florida State? Uh, why not Auburn? And you want Auburn to be in a position where other schools are like they, – they fear Auburn in recruiting, That's right? right? They, they don't they, – nobody fears Auburn right now in recruiting. And, and to be fair, Robert Woodyard, I think, was the last guy Auburn – and that was Brian Harson's staff. Uh, Robert Woodyard flipped from Alabama to Auburn.
0: Yeah. Well, and we think that was probably a situation where Auburn or Bama might have, I, I, my memory's correct. Yeah, you're right. I wanted a gray shirt. Something. That's like right. That. That's right. You know, but yeah, you want them to fear, uh, fear you. And, you know, I, I'll just be honest. I talked to reporters from, and you do too, to cover other teams. And I got to tell you, I, I remember talking to somebody who covered Georgia last year and, and, he said, you know, talked to Georgia staff a lot. They didn't even, Auburn wasn't even in their thought process when it came to recruiting. Right. It's it, it, that's, that's, you know, you just, it can't be that way. It just can't. You're not going to out evaluate everybody. You're all, all the big boys are fishing from the same pond. Okay. And now, occasionally, not, not sure. occasionally, you guys each class, you really did great evaluations and, and you beat everybody. You just, you just beat everybody on the evals part. But otherwise, Ohio State, Southern Cal, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Texas, Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State, they're all recruiting the same guys, the same batch of yep. guys. How many of those guys can you get? Because you better start getting some or, or you're not going to win, right? And That's so Robert right. stopped getting those guys. And guess what happened? The wins stopped coming with regularity. Now they're getting some of those guys again. Now you need to get more of those guys and more and more And then difference makers at key critical positions, such as quarterback, offensive tackle, cornerback and defensive tackle and edge. And if you do that, you can make some significant progress. And before you know it, you're competing with the big boys again. Mm. You know, I mean, you still have that great home field advantage. You still got all these things working in Auburn's favor, even with a roster that, quite frankly, the last couple of years wasn't great. Uh, Auburn was still competitive. And so for the most part. Uh, so now you think, okay, you got, do you have the right head coach in place? A lot of people think so. Recruiting seems to be moving on a really, you know, rocket ship to the moon, uh, and uh, I think hope that's the right analogy. A good, a yeah. good trajectory, uh, and, and, and everything seems to be lining up. And we'll see. And, and you know, I think Hugh was very forthcoming with info today. Fantastic job, Jeffrey. Yeah, we are.
1: We we certainly appreciate uh, Hugh Freeze joining us, man. Hey, y'all, stick around, y'all. Uh, if you haven't subscribed and liked to our YouTube channel, please do that now. Hit those notifications, man, so you'll get uh, notified anytime we uh, upload new videos. We will have another special guest on on Wednesday's show. And we'll be we'll be adding guests throughout the spring. Auburn starts spring practice. A week from today, February 27th, the first of 15 practices will get underway. We'll be covering it all at Auburn Live on 3. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We really appreciate it. For Keith, for Zach in the back, I'm Jeffrey Lee. Man, y'all stay out of that left lane. See ya.